Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God has made some incredible promises to us. He has told us that if we would be faithful to Him, that He would bless us. That if we would honor Him, He would honor us. You don't always see the results in this present world. But be assured, God has bound himself to his word. He cannot lie. That which he has said, he will do. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and God has promised us that if we are faithful to Him, we'll be blessed. This means that if we believe in Him and follow His ways, we can expect blessings. Pastor Ed tells us today that this promise is real, and that we can see throughout the Bible that God never goes back on His promises. This gives great serenity for us as believers once we fully accept it. There is truly nothing to fear as a Christian, not even death, for God promises us great blessings and a joyous eternity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. We have the responsibility of the covenant. It's found in verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed. God, you're speaking, and I believe you. God, you said it, and that settles it. God, you've revealed yourself, and that's enough for me. Augustine said, For grace is given not because we have done good works, but in order that we may be able to do them. When we're saved and God gives us his favor, and when God blesses us in the Christian life, understand it's not because You have enough brownie points and you've earned enough credits in heaven. No, no, it's always the grace of God. Now, grace is given to us so that we might do good works. In other words, we look and say, God, you have blessed me so greatly. You have poured out your favor on my life. I want to serve you. I want to honor you. God, I want my life to be an echo back to you of your great love. I want my life to echo back your love for me. I want to express all that you've done in and for me by the way I live. So it's a response. Look at his responsibility. We are stewards. You see him as a steward of the promise. Verse 11, a curious verse. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcass, but Abram drove them away. Now, as I look at this text, I could understand these birds of prey coming down trying to devour these carcasses. But I find it very interesting that the gods of Egypt, and one of the uh, worshipped gods in Egypt was this bird of prey that would devour the flesh. And here is Abram, and he's beating away these birds that are trying to devour the covenant, the offering. I'd like at this point to make an application. 
And look at the things in our lives that try and to devour the promises from our lives. Jesus told a parable in the New Testament about the sower and the seed. He would sow the seed, and some fell on that hard ground, and the birds of prey came and took those seeds, and the seeds never took root in someone's life. How often the enemy will come and try and take the promises out of your heart, the word out of your life. See, it's by hearing the word that we grow in our faith. It's by hearing that we grow in our belief. And the enemy doesn't want you to meditate, nor does he want you to hear. There are things that will come and try and distract you and devour that time with you and God that will try and take you out of the book and the book out of you. So as I look at this passage of Scripture, I know that he was fighting literal birds, but in this chapter, there's a lot of symbolism. You're going to see it as we go on in it. Uh, In verse 12b, it says, A thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Now, I think part of that was this. He was experiencing what God showed him his descendants would experience. If you look at the Bible text, it tells us that they were going to go through years of slavery. They were going to be oppressed in a foreign nation. He showed them, or God showed Abram 400 years into the future and said, your descendants would spend time in Egypt They would become slaves. They would be oppressed. Now remember, we had talked about the previous week how Abram had defeated the kings that came in against the uh, land of Canaan. He had rescued his nephew Lot. And after that, he was somewhat depressed. He became fearful. And then God came and said, don't be afraid, Abram. And God comforted him. Now, Maybe Abram is still contemplating suffering, but God is refocusing his attention to think about the suffering of others. He's going to be thinking about the suffering of his descendants, this darkness that he sees. A lot of times in the charismatic Pentecostal church, we are in great air of not having a theology of suffering. We have made the mistake of thinking we've arrived in heaven and we can have heaven on earth today. Now, we do get glimpses of it. God does show us now and then what is to be. There are times where the power of God is so evident in our service that people are slain in the spirit. Their physical bodies can't really cope with the glory of God that they're experiencing. And they get this glimmer, as it were, when heaven touches earth. There are times that we see supernatural miracles where people are raised from the dead. And God raises the dead. But even when he raised Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus would someday have to die again. We need in this present world a theology of suffering. We need a theology of the supernatural of healing. But that theology of healing does not exclude and does not erase the fact that in this present world we'll experience suffering. Listen to the words found in Isaiah 48.10. 
God speaking to the Israelites before they go into Babylonian captivity through Isaiah the prophet. See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Some believe that that furnace that passed through symbolized God's refining process in people's lives. Where in the biblical times, they would take a furnace and they would heat metal. And all of the impurities would rise to the top. And then uh, the person would skim off all those impurities from the top. And they would know it was completed, it was finished, when they could see their reflection in the gold or the silver. And they would know the metal is then pure. Well, God allows us to go through that refining process until he could see the image of his son in our lives. Until he could see Christ formed in us. He said to the people of Israel, I'm refining you. Why this captivity? Now Isaiah is speaking to the Jewish people before they ever go to Babylon, before they ever go into captivity. That's why liberals, when they come to Isaiah chapter 40, try and separate the book and say, this is first Isaiah, this is second Isaiah. Because how could Isaiah speak to a people and a community that he was not with? No, God spoke prophetically through him to a future generation. And God is saying, the reason that you're going through these trials, part of it is that I'm refining you you oh but pastor you say does it say that in the new testament is that just an old testament concept well listen to the words of the apostle paul in acts 14 22 it says they encourage them to continue in the faith reminding them that they must enter into the kingdom of god through many tribulations I think it's dangerous when we teach people all you have to do is think positive and everything is going to go your way. If God's favor is on you, you'll never go through any suffering. If you teach that, you have to rip page after page after page out of the Bible. Even though it's popular in our culture, it's not the word of God. I listened to a missionary and we were talking and I asked him what do you preach in Europe in the former communist countries what are the sermons like and his response was this we preach suffering because that's where the people are at and I think here in the states what we've done is we've taken the American dream and we've replaced it Instead of the gospel, we've replaced the gospel with the American dream. Beloved, suffering is woven into the fabric of our existence. And until we get to the other side, it will be part of the journey for us. But the good news is this. If you look back on your life, and if you look back with unbelief or faith, there's a big difference. If you look back with unbelief, every trial looms like Mount Everest in your mind. And all you see is darkness and dread. But if you look back in faith 
And you recognize God's handwriting in the script of your story and in the history of your life. It seems as though even the darkest nights, there was a blessing hidden within it. There was a a, a blessing hidden within that circumstance. And you look back with joy, not with anxiety. You look back with joy and you have a dance in your step and you have joy in your heart and you have songs in your night because you see the hand of God in the darkest of hours. Hallelujah. Beloved, recognize even in the dark times God is there. For many of us, uh, for most of us, Psalm 119 bears a lot of truth. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. I've heard preachers say that if Paul the apostle had no enough faith, he could get rid of his thorn in the flesh. Don't they read the context? Didn't they see that that was a blessing to him? That God allowed that in his life, lest he would become proud, lest he would become conceited, lest he would fall. When we look back at our lives, when we get to the other side, we're going to see some of the trials and the testings and the things that we considered our disadvantage in this world were really blessings in disguise that God kept us and held us and God was using it in our lives. I noticed... The words of Joseph when he said, but as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. See, Joseph was looking at his trials, the long years of exile, the lies that were set against him, all of the treachery that he experienced. He looked back on that part of his life and he said, oh, God meant it for good. You may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. See, that's what happens when I look at life through the eyes of faith. I see it through God's perspective. Hallelujah. I come to the last of these points. Not only are we stewards of the promise, remember, this promise had to be handed down from one generation to another. Follow with me in the biblical text. God shows Abram, Abram, you're going to get the land, but let me show you how you're going to get it. In Genesis chapter 15, he says in verse 13, Then the Lord said to him, Know for a certain that your descendants will be strangers in the country, not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years. But I will punish the nation that they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. No way this could have happened except God was in it, except God orchestrated this. God showed him four. 100 years. Now, Exodus says 430. I believe it was giving a round number, an approximate number. There's going to be four. That's one generation comes and it dies off, and then another generation comes and that dies off, and another generation, four whole generations pass, and they're suffering. Here's a man, he is building, as it were, the pyramids without straw. His family is suffering. He's suffering. Is he doing anything wrong necessarily? 
God saw it 400 years before it ever passed. God was going to use it for his honor and for his glory. God doesn't look at life the way we look at life. And we won't look at life the way we look at it now when we get over there. We'll see that our crosses really were crowns. We'll see that those things that we abhorred and ran from really were what made us what we ought to be. You could see in verse 18 that we are also to be stewards of the prophecy. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I'll give this land. He passed that word down. Joseph believed it. He said, when I die, you take my bones back to Canaan because we're going back there. Through those years, one century after another, after another, after another, they believed God's word. Will you believe against all outward signs? Now, we're looking 4,000 years later, and we see that God was true to Abraham. We see that God kept every one of his words to Abraham. And now, beloved, God has made incredible promises to you and to me. And not all of those promises will we realize here in this present world. God is in the midst of judging this world. The history of the world is the judgment of the world. The history of the world is the judgment of the world. See, as you look at history, God said, I'm going to judge the Egyptians for the way they treated the Israelites. I'm going to judge the Amorites. But at the right time, I've given them enough time. I'm going to give them enough time so that they repent. If God had not spared this planet and he had judged us 50 years ago, would you have been saved? Thank God for his patience. Thank God for his patience in your individual life as well as to the nations. The history of the world is the judgment of the world. In Genesis 15, 14, it says, but I will punish the nations they serve as slaves. And afterwards they will come out with great possessions. How could this have happened? They're slaves. They're bound. They have no rights. They have nothing. Those Egyptians wanted to get rid of them so quickly. The plagues had come down. They wanted them out of their land. And so the Israelites said, uh, could we borrow uh, some of your Here, here. How much do you want? You want this ring? Here, take that. That happened just like God said. We could look at history and see God's prophetic word came to pass. You could look at the prophecies of Revelation and know that they will come to pass. Someday, Revelation will no longer be prophecy. It will be history. Just like Abraham's word, God spoken to him, was a prophecy. It became a reality. So the prophecy in Scripture, one day, all will become reality. Hallelujah. Someone has said, John Powell, we cannot psychologize the grace of God. God's actions are outside and above our human sciences. You can't understand always how God is working. You know, God sees the whole picture. Trust him with it. Trust him with it. He is the architect of history. In Genesis 15, 13 to 14, you see God's delays. And I conclude with this thought as we prepare for communion. 400 years, Abram, 
That's when you're going to get the land. 400 years. Wow. Delays beyond our control test our faith. Delays beyond our control test our faith. That's what God is doing. He's doing it in Abraham's life. Abram, you believed me. You said you believed me. I'll keep my word to you. You'll live a long life. He lived 175 years. You'll die in peace. May God grant all of you a long life and may you die in peace like Abram did. But Abram didn't realize all the promises that God made. They would be fulfilled even after his death into coming generations and millenniums. God has made some incredible promises to us. He has told us that if we would be faithful to him, that he would bless us. That if we would honor him, he would honor us. You don't always see the results in this present world. But be assured, God has bound himself to his word. He cannot lie. That which he has said, he will do. One of the great dangers of our culture is this. We have lost the sense of time. Our whole society is stuck in one grid of time. Turn the TV on. You mostly see people that never age. They're perpetually teenagers or 20s. Some fade into their 30s. But life seems to exist wholly in that framework. And everybody is trying to go back to that. At one time, people had a concept of eternity. Centuries ago, people thought more about the other world than this present world. We are so time-bound that we see life as only enjoying this present world, not preparing for a world to come. May I say something radical? Can I just step out in faith? Enjoy your gray hairs. Enjoy the passing of years. The Bible says that an end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. The day of a man's death, better than the day of a man's birth. What in the world is Solomon talking about in these words? May I suggest what he's saying is this. When you hold a new babe in your arm, you don't know what that child's future is going to be. Will he be rich? Will he be poor? Will he follow God? Will he be a prodigal? Will he be rebellious? Will he walk with God? You don't know. Their whole future lay before them. But of a day of a man's death, if he has lived for God and he has been righteous and served God, when you have the funeral, you could say, a life well lived, completed, accomplished. We should look forward to the day when we are coronated. When this present world is over. And we enjoy eternity. 
Paul knew that. And I know that's hard to grasp, especially in our culture. But may I encourage you, pray a prayer along with me. Help me, Lord, to live for eternity. Help me to live for that which will last forever and ever. Thank you for joining us again today as Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us through the life of Abraham here on Building in Faith. In the book of Genesis, we learn that God called Abraham to leave everything and, amazingly enough, he did. Abraham followed God because he was holding on to the hope that the promises God made would happen. He didn't see how he would ever even have one child, much less a whole nation, nor could he see the land God was promising. And there was no way he could ever imagine that one day Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be coming from his line. We know looking back that all of those things did come to pass. Is God taking you on a walk by faith into the unknown? Has he called you to do something that is bigger than yourself? What are the promises he's made to you? Do you believe that like in Abraham's life, God will fulfill every one of them? We would love to be a part of your faith walk here at Building in Faith. If you need prayer as you step out in faith, give us a call at 845-462-5955. Again, that's 845-462-5955. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want you to know how loved you are by the Heavenly Father you're following. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear other teachings by Pastor Ed, you can do so at buildinginfaithradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. But tune in again next time to learn more about Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your word